my wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Now, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Now, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the normally beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your presenter on Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. It's a fantastic privilege uh, to be able to share with you on what is actually the shortest day of the year. Uh, Now, of course, uh, this week uh, we're following the theme uh, where we're asking, is the good book too violent? Uh, And today we're chatting on the question, how did Christ deal with violence? Now, to guide us through our discussion uh, later uh, in the hour is uh, our regular Wednesday co-host, and that's Pastor David Butcher. And David's the the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in uh, South Oz. Now, welcome to you, David. Good afternoon, Gary. Um, The last two weeks uh, you were missing, and it was myself and Marty, uh, the uh, average age uh, of, of the two presenters <laughs> dropped significantly, but it is wonderful to be sitting opposite you. I enjoy working with you. I just want to build you up, Gary. Oh, thank you, David. I, I, you know, one of the challenges of getting older is that you seem to get called to do more funerals. Uh, when you're a young man, uh, you get to call, you get called to do a lot of weddings. That's uh, true. But when you're an old man, uh, you start to get to call to, to do, and I last two weeks, I've actually had a, a funeral both, uh, both weeks, and, uh, uh, that's always a challenging time for the entire entire family it sort of brings you back to looking at the reality of uh, of life and uh, one of those was over on uh, kangaroo island uh, and uh, and a second one was here in here in adelaide and look, we missed you, Gary, and I just want to say a big shout-out, a big hello to all of our listeners right across Australia and the listeners of Faith FM. We are really excited, as all presenters are on Faith FM programs, to bump into some of our listeners from time to time and and hear um, the blessings that they've had by being part of our Faith FM family right across Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree totally. I mean, every now and then I sort of run across uh, certainly uh, certainly individuals who, are, who have listened to us on Faith FM and I'm, my normal response to them well it's nice to know that we've got one listener out there you know because you know i mean so sometimes we're not sure you know how many people do actually listen to uh, uh to individual programs and gary just on that my understanding is roughly i say roughly speaking um we have uh the potential for one in five Australians to tune in to Faith FM. Uh, and, and of course, that's even higher if people use the Faith FM app. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And, and, and that's, that's the thing that I, I'm staggered by those sorts of numbers because we're only a low power, uh, FM station. We can't afford the, the money of the, the, the big guys. Uh, and yet, uh, around Australia, uh, I mean, we're live at the present time to, uh, 134, uh, stations around Australia. And, uh, you know, to, to me, that, that really says something uh, about the expanse of uh, uh, of this network and the way that the Lord has actually been leading. Amen. I Amen. praise God for what yeah. he's done. 
Look, let's come to our uh, uh, our World Watch segment. And, of course, uh, this was something I, I picked up today from, uh, uh, I think it was, oh, the Christian Headlines uh, uh, news, uh, news site. And uh, this was uh, talking about the group, the Promise Keepers. Now, of course, they're, uh, they've got major ministry over in the United States. But they've just been cancelled by a Christian university over a Bible-based gender statement. Now, to me, when I read this, I, I, I am really getting uh, rather peeved at this uh, and uh, uh, because more and more, uh, as, I, as I dig into it, uh, we've got uh, Christian organisations cancelling people who have actually got a, a biblical worldview. And, and to me, this is, this is, I sort of understand it when the, the big wide world says, hey, look, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, not allow you to, to preach, you know, what the, what the scriptures are saying. But when Christian organizations start to do it, I start to really struggle at that. Uh, anyway, this is what the article uh, actually said. Promise keepers, which I've always had a very high regard for. Promise keepers says a prominent Christian university uh, over in the States uh, cancelled an upcoming event after the men's ministry released a statement on sexuality and gender. Promise Keepers said on Monday it previously booked daring faith events in multiple cities, including Nashville, where it was to be held at the Belmont University. Now, Belmont University, just so listeners are aware, is actually a, a Christian organisation. I actually went online, I, I looked it up, uh, had a had a um, a dig into to what these guys stand for, and it looked to me this is I actually looked at their mission statement. This is Belmont University's mission statement. We are a Christ-centred, student-focused community developing diverse leaders of purpose, character, wisdom and a transformational mindset, eager and equipped to make the world a better place. Now, to me, you know, on face value, I'll, I'll read that and I say, hey, look, you know, uh, that's a that's a fantastic uh, uh, mission statement, Christ-centred, uh, student-focused, uh, developing uh, leaders of, of purpose, transformational mindset, uh, eager and equipped to make the world a better uh, a better place. Well, that's what Belmont's mission statement is. But last week they cancelled the event after the men's ministry released a statement reaffirming its support for biblical, biological and sexual identity of male and female, man and woman in the context of marriage. Promise Keepers uh, said the university called a conflict of values, uh, the ministry asserted. Uh, other daring faith events will be held in uh, other states, in other cities in the states. Uh, Promise Keepers says that it was surprised by the decisions. The chairman of the board, this is Promise Keepers chairman of the board, uh, reached out to Belmont leadership for a broader conversation about the influence of social norms and popular culture on the values of Christian institutions. The group noted in a statement, Promise Keepers is still waiting for a response. The Daring Faith Events, now get this, this is, this is so important for the world we're living in today. The Daring Faith Events will teach men how to have a clear picture of what being a true follower of Christ looks like and how to become, how to become one according to the Promise Keepers website. The statement on sexuality and gender was released towards the end of the month in the light of Pride Month occurring uh, around the world. 
as fathers, husbands, grandfathers and young men, uh, we see the dangers of gender ideology and the calm it causes, the statement said. At Promise Keepers, we affirm that God made human beings in his image to reflect him. He created male and female with equal worth and dignity. There's no mistake in that design. In our present day, men and women are increasingly confused about their identities. Biological identity has been severed as separate from gender identity, while children across the United States, and I would add around the world, are actively indoctrinated into intense inner turmoil about who they really are. The statement said Promise Keepers believes it's more important than ever to stand up boldly for what we believe as Christians. Uh, The statement includes four affirmations. It's the Promise Keepers, this is what Promise Keepers believes. Firstly, that true life and joy is found when we reject sin. That gender ideology is an idol of our culture and that as sin... It is poisonous that marriage is designed by God to be for one man and one woman. That Jesus, the Son of God, will forgive our sins if we repent. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That the path of following Jesus is difficult and countercultural. But it is the path of life. Now, uh, when I read this, uh, th- read this statement, there's so much that's in this particular article. We could actually, uh, we could actually talk uh, talk about. You know, I really appreciate those principles that uh, certainly uh, the, um, Promise Keepers uh, has enunciated. They've been running around the con- around the United States for years and years and years, uh, encouraging men uh, to, to to commit themselves to biblical values. For the family. To me, this, this is really something that's fantastically exciting. Now, look, um, here though, we've got a Christian university who has now cancelled their, their willingness to allow them to present at their university because uh, in some way they're seen as uh, being uh, perhaps out on the uh, divergent from where, what the university uh, now, now agrees with. And yet it's a Christian University. Now, look, David. What's I mean? Is there a disconnect between you know the stated mission of many Christian organisations and the practical application of those purpose statements? I think there is, Gary, and I believe that um, the further we go down this path, the way the world is headed, in a number of different factors, not just this one. Uh, what many Christian organizations um, state and the practice, uh, I think, will become an increasing disconnect. Uh, one of the hard challenges, I think, is how to be how to be faithful to your view of Scripture in a society that is rapidly rejecting and cancel culture, if you like, um, those Christian values. How, how do you how do you how do you stay faithful 
And, and look, this is something that I actually, my, my second question to you, and, and we'll come to it straight away because I think it, uh, it's wrapped up in what you're saying there. I mean, the article actually talks about being a culture transforming Christian. Now, you know, I mean, to what extent can you adopt contemporary culture and still be called Christian? And that is going to, that's a question like, how long is a piece of string, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, smiling yeah. at me, Gary, like you've called <laughs> oh, I, I like you being and, able to answer the question. So. And um, I think the challenges are that it depends on your worldview, your biblical worldview. Yeah. And clearly here you've got a, a Christian university, a university that claims to be Christian with a Christian ethos, and then you've got this Christian group, the Promise Keepers, that that wanted to uh, have a ministry on site and, and that was cancelled. Yeah. So what is your biblical worldview? And then... Are you saying that all Christians, that, 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 that Christians can have a... Um, don't, don't all have the same biblical worldview? No, they don't. A- and on this show, we've looked at this numerous times, how in America, the biblical, particularly in America, a lot of the surveys are done in America, but it would also reflect, I think, where we're headed, and sometimes we're in advance of America in these things, that um, the people that hold the Word of God to be, you know, uh, profitable, and, and maybe Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, where, it's, where Paul says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And then it says in verse 17, the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Uh, there are many Christians that discount large portions of Scripture mm. and applications of Scripture because it doesn't fit the reality of the world or the culture they live in. Yeah. Or they, yeah. they think that was for times past. So when you start doing that, you're putting yourself on a slippery slope. Yeah. And if you don't have a rock-solid foundation of here I stand – this is what we believe, mm. then your, your, your view of the Word of God and the, the preeminence of the Word of God will be continually eroded because as culture continues to, um, uh, to go down a certain way through various means, you will continue to erode your beliefs to fit in with culture. So it's interesting, you know, um, as we look at the Christian church, Jesus, uh, there was a revolution that took place, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. they turned the world they upside down. They turned the world upside down. Now, they, there were times where they said before the Sanhedrin and before the priests and the religious leaders in the book of Acts, you know, we must obey God rather than man. You do what you want, but we're going to obey God rather than man. Mm. Um, Jesus also told people to live peaceably uh, where possible amongst all people. So, you know, um, we need to be faithful to the Word of God. We need to try and connect with culture. But if that connecting with culture or relevance, if you like, means that we are watering down or disposing of biblical truths, mm-hmm. then we might as well throw it all in. And I think there we've seen evidence of that in in elements of the Christian church in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what that leads to is a definite decline in church attendance, church membership, because if you don't stand for anything, 
if you don't stand for rock solid things, you don't stand for anything ultimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate what you're saying because I know that uh, on uh, on many occasions I've actually had uh, you know young people you know in a, a discussion group type uh, format. Uh, you know, I mean, wh- what is the place of uh, uh, a Christian belief in in culture? And often the uh, belief is actually uh, the statement is made. Look, you know, we've got to be relevant to the culture in which we live and uh, my normal response to that is look you know we've been called to be to be relevant as far as our methods are concerned i mean here we are today i mean when i started on ministry i mean uh, talking on radio was nothing more than a pipe dream i mean radio didn't exist did it (laughs) that's right dave that's right it didn't exist but that was i mean for 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 a a church organization Mm. to be running a a a radio station was absolute pipe dream uh, type uh, type stuff you know i preached in my church you know and yet here we are you know we're in a a contemporary setting and of course increasingly you know we're we're on you know the uh, the internet we're on video you know i mean it, it's continually uh, multiplying the methods by which the gospel is being presented and so there is relevance as to how the the message of christ needs to be given to this world and yet there is still the the message itself. The very moment you start to change it, you actually move on to an incredibly slippery slope. I mean, it wasn't a Paul uh, that talked, you know, when he was speaking, I think it was to the Galatians, he said, you know, even if an angel from heaven comes and mm. preaches some other gospel to you, uh, then let him be accursed. You know, if an angel from heaven, you know, comes and anything else, then this is, this is, some, this is how you should regard him. And then again, Paul in the book of Romans, uh, chapter Chapter 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that thing which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So Paul is saying, don't be conformed to the world. Now, we've been asked to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to be transforming agents. Yes, yes. Not to be conforming agents. In other words, the, the, the Christian believer, the Bible believing, and I think that's the key thing here, the Bible believing uh, Christian has been called to be a culture transforming uh, element. You are the salt of the earth. You know, and when Christ says that, what does he actually mean? He's saying, hey, look, you know, you're the one that's going to give savor uh, to the earth. And salt is a preserving age. You're the one that's going to help bring life and extend life and yeah. bring goodness. And, and I like what you said, Gary. It's, um, our methods, the way of sharing the message. The message shouldn't change, but the way in which it is shared, we need to be, uh, looking at innovative yeah. ways continually to do so. I don't think we should be on the soap box like uh, people we used to do down the street many many years ago i think there are other ways of achieving the same thing indeed indeed david thank you so much look let's come to some music this is uh, jason cork uh, i excuse me for putting in one of my uh, favorite uh, pieces of traditional music this is uh, the holy city uh, please uh, please enjoy uh, this uh, this piece of music Last night I lay sleeping, there came a dream so fair, I stood in old Jerusalem, beside the temple there, I heard the children singing, and 
ever as they sang Methought the voice of angels From heaven and answer rang Methought the voice of angels From heaven and answer rang Jerusalem Jerusalem Lift up your gates and sing Hosanna in the highest Hosanna to your Changed, the streets no longer rang. Hushed were the glad hosannas, the little children sang. The sun grew dark with mystery, the morn was cold and chill. As the shadow of a cross arose upon a lonely hill, as the shadow of a cross arose upon a lonely hill, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Beside the tideless sea The light of God was on the streets The gates were open wide And all who would might enter And no one was denied No need of moon or star by night or sun to shine by day it was the new 
Jason Cork and the Holy City. Uh, I love that's uh, one of the great uh, great hymns of the the Christian faith, and uh, it's certainly one that I've come to appreciate over the years. And one of the beauties of being able to host this program is I get to choose the music, and uh, uh, when I'm sitting behind this uh, this desk, and uh, love uh, being able to listen to that uh, that piece of uh, that piece of music. Now, listen, guys, we'd like to give a really big shout out too to our good mate uh, Darren. Uh, Darren just uh, sent us a, a text in, just uh, telling us that uh, uh, he does appreciate uh, Faith uh, Faith FM, and uh, I really do appreciate uh, that uh, that Darren. Where we're thinking of you, we're praying for you, and uh, may uh, may God's blessings be be on you. Uh, now, folks, we do have a a giveaway uh, book uh, book today. Uh, the giveaway book is the Christian Art of War. Now, uh, spiritual lessons on the battle against self. This is by Ivor Miles. Uh, now, of course, this week we're talking uh, about that uh, that that entire subject of uh, is the good book too violent so we're talking about battle we're talking about fighting but this is a a different sort of battle uh, Ivor uh, writes his father was a career soldier uh, he grew up with a culture of warfare from his childhood to into his adult years he practiced the art of hand-to-hand combat training in the martial arts but when he put his faith in Christ Myers put away the weapons of this world and began training for a different kind of conflict uh, that all Christians are going to face the war against himself. Uh, now, using this unique, refreshing, but biblical approach, Pastor Myers uh, shares the uh, powerful lessons to help conquer the enemy within each of us. Using military strategy, uh, combat training techniques, and even the laws of nature and the animal kingdom, Myers uncovers the secret of experiencing lasting victory in the fight of faith. What's the difference between a civilian and a soldier in the battle against self? How do the laws of motion, gravity and heat reveal vital keys to gaining victory over sin? You'll learn all this and more to ultimately discover how Jesus Christ can become your a master warrior in every facet of your life. Whether you struggle with pornography, impure thoughts, drug addictions or any other sin that's burdening your heart the Christian art of war will encourage you these lessons will teach you to fight honorably, courageously and by the grace of God to become more than conquerors now look guys this is a fantastic uh, devotional book, uh, Ivor Myers uh, is, a, is a straight talking preacher, you'll really appreciate what it is He's got to got to share. And now, folks, look, I, I'd encourage you if you would like to pick up the Christian Art of War. Uh, all you need to do is to text us at our drive time text number. Now, our drive time text number is o four triple eight eight o eight eleven. That number again is o four triple eight eight o eight. 11 and uh, the code just in your text just give us today's code which is SA123 now that's probably the easiest one that you can possibly remember SA123 no gap between the SA and the 123 just five digits in a row and uh, that'll go through to our robot and uh, our robot uh, he'll uh, uh, he'll come back to you ask you just a, just a couple of questions uh, so that we can get this uh, uh, this book to you in the fastest way possible it's a real little beauty. The Christian Art of War by Ivor Miles. And uh, that 
Drive time text number 04888-80811 and the code is SA123. Uh, and, uh, uh, and it's one, if you've got any other, any messages you'd like to send to us, you can also send to us in that, uh, that same, uh, text, uh, text number. We'd love, uh, to be able to, uh, uh, to say hello, uh, to you, to you personally. Uh, now, right now, uh, you are listening to, uh, uh, to Faith FM, uh, Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Uh, and our, my co-host today is Pastor David Butcher. And David's the president of the South Australian uh, Church District, uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church District. And we're broadcasting out of our studio down here in Adelaide. And this week we've taken as our theme, Is the Good Book Too Violent? And today we're chatting on that question how did Christ uh, deal with violence? Now, uh, you're, uh, you're our expert on this subject today, uh, Dave, and I really appreciate that because, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to sit in this question, in this seat, and ask the, ask the question, ask the difficult questions to uh, the person in your seat. Be- Look, uh, in, in some ways, uh, I, I'm just so, so conscious that uh, Christ his attitude to violence almost seems to be a little bit contradictory, if I can be so bold. You know, on one hand, we've got him clearing the temple and upturning the tables in the, in the temple, chasing the money changers out of the, uh, out of the temple. And yet on the, on the other hand, he says that uh, if a Roman soldier compels you to go with you one mile, we'll actually go with him two miles. Uh, and then he talks, of course, in the Beatitudes about the peacemakers. Uh, there's so much in in the Word of God. But, you know, is there a little bit of contradiction here? Look, I guess some people could certainly see it that way, Gary. But I think when we really dig down and look at the context, um, you know, at one point Jesus tells his disciples, if you don't have a sword, get a sword. Then he tells them uh, not to use a sword. But I think we need to understand the context of the language that's being used and also the meaning of, of really what Jesus is trying to say. Um, maybe we should start, Gary, I think, in, in the Beatitudes, which uh, all comes from the Sermon on the Mount, the best sermon that was ever preached. This is a real beauty, isn't it? It is. And I guess what we find here is Jesus is telling his followers to be radical countercultural. Now, that, now, explain what you mean by a radical countercultural. Well, often we think of Christianity of as being, you know, not at the cutting edge. You know, it's something that's outdated. Yeah. All of these sorts of things, and yet in in the era Jesus lived, where you had the Romans occupying Judea and Palestine, and they subjugated the the Jews, and um, you know, many of them were were murdered and. Mm. And all sorts of things happened to them as examples. Um, it was a culture that hated the Roman oppressors, and understandably. And yet Jesus is offering radical teachings of how to respond. Don't respond with aggression, mm. but use love, use humility, use patience, use forgiveness. You know, it's interesting. You know, some people say, you know, look how much our society has changed since Christ's day. And yet, you know, as I look at our society, there are some commonalities. And our society has got issues with violence. 
just as Christ's society had issues with violence. There are some commonalities that have flown through because of human nature. A- absolutely, absolutely. Um, and we know that even in the book of Genesis, one of the reasons the world was destroyed was because of the violence and the wickedness on the earth. So yeah. it's no different. And in Christ's day, that's what was faced. I mean, in the country in we live... Um, uh, you know, you could hardly call, well, you, some people might call the government oppressors, mm. but it's nothing compared to what happened with the Roman nation yeah. Uh, yeah. invading uh, Palestine and, and ruling it. So Jesus is radical in what he says, um, and it is countercultural because, you know, a lot of people, with eye for an eye, I'll get my own back, and that still rules today in our hearts, doesn't it? That's the human nature, yeah. revenge. Yep. But when we look at what Jesus taught in the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, some of the things in particular, um, verse 9 of chapter 5, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Wow. Jesus is saying, hey, you're living in, in a land that is occupied, a place where it is is." Uh, Pax Romana, Roman peace, which is peace by brutality and force. Mm-hmm. But he is really saying here, you're blessed if you're a peacemaker. And yeah. you'll be called the sons and of David, God. And David, that is something that is really, I mean, you're talking about being countercultural and, ta- and being, uh, being radical. I mean, uh, in our, uh, in our world, we've basically been very much educated that violence is the solution to any, you know, any major, major issue. And uh, you, you see it even in the high school type environment. You know, you get the, uh, you know, you know, you get the bully, you know, so, so what's the way of dealing with the bully? Well, you actually, you know, uh, go and beat him up and, uh, Defend yourself. Uh, defend and yourself. And, you know, violence is in fact the, uh, the way. And yet, uh, you know, I mean, to me, some of, some of what Christ says though, to me, um, and, and this is, I suppose I struggle with some, I mean, take verse 11 of the Sermon of the Mount. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, this is a, now okay, this is certainly in the context of, say, evil against you for my name's sake. So this is certainly not talking about general violence. This is a particular form of violence. Mm. Uh, but, but it's still, uh, something, it's a, it's a reaction which is not a natural human reaction. It, it isn't. And I guess throughout history there have been people, we think of reformers through the Protestant Reformation, we think of biblical characters, we think of people like Gandhi yeah. that use peaceful means to, to demonstrate rather than force. Well, it's interesting. Tomorrow, actually, and tomorrow we're actually, our guys tomorrow in drive time are going to be digging into the story of Desmond Doss. And uh, he's a very. This is an incredibly practical example. Most many of our listeners would have seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge, uh, and of course how Desmond Dost opposed the army of of all people and said, "I'm not going to actually be carrying a weapon." Uh, And of course that story actually is. And we're going to dig into that that story of Desmond Dost and saying, "Is it teaching us? Is it saying anything to us today? Or is this just sort of something that uh, you know is a little bit of idealistic?" nonsense that uh, really today you know is is irrelevant for us and then that's yeah so we want people to tune in tomorrow afternoon but what you just read there gary in verse 11 and 12 of matthew 5 blessed are they 
when they blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake and then he says rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you he's really saying expect yeah hardship expect persecution yeah and so we are living in a world of that um, uh, blessed are the peacemakers so we sh- i think what jesus is really saying is don't we should not as christians we should be seen to be different yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the practical ways of life, don't respond in the ways that the world does. This is a different way of thinking, isn't it, David? And that's why I said this, it's radical. That's radical. This is a di- you know. Look, I mean, it, it's so easy to um to to when I'm, we're going down the road. And to me, can I just say, I, I believe it's only the Holy Spirit that can actually bring this change in a person. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, long suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faith. You, you know, it's so easy, David. When you know I'm driving down the road and you know someone starts to tailgate you. What's the easiest thing in the world to do? I'm smiling, Gary, because uh, yesterday I was uh, with a, a colleague and we had a long drive and I was cut off uh, without much space. And, oh, I just leave it there. You just leave it there. But, just the, but look, what there. the easiest thing in the world to do is to is to say something. Nah, you know, some people will wind it. Well, they push the button to get the window down these days and uh, they might make a, make a comment. They might uh, wave, you know, use a hand gesture that, you know, doesn't involve all the fingers you know and you, you sort of turn around you say hey you know this this is something this is a a natural human response or it could be aggressive driving or anything like that exactly so yeah it is a natural human response because we are sinners and yet what christ is saying is i want you to respond in a different way Exactly, Gary. And in that same chapter, if we, we jump to Matthew 5, verses uh, 21 and onwards, he is ex- he's expanding upon that. He says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Rakar, shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. And so then he, he is really saying uh, there about murder. Just, just before you go on, David, there's something there, there that I think we need to actually just explain. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, what is that actually saying? Well, what that's actually saying is this. It's, Raka is actually a totally untranslatable word. You can't, untr- you can't translate it. So this is the original language, Raka. What does that mean? Well, what it actually means is you shall not speak to your brother with contempt in your voice. You know, and to me, when I when I read that, I turn around and say, "Hey, look, you know, um, uh, you know, there, there's many, many, uh, many things that uh, uh, to me, uh, I, I say, hey, that's that. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never killed anybody. I mean, the ten to the ten commandments, I've probably kept that one because I've never killed anyone. Uh, I've never actually plunged a knife into them. But then Jesus comes along and he says, "Hey, uh, don't even speak to somebody with contempt in your voice." And suddenly, some it's, it becomes much harder uh, for me. So, so this is this radical response. It's yes. countercultural. Yes, Jesus is saying, you know, you've heard it said. Yes, you know, don't commit murder. Yeah. But then he says, but I say to you, if you're even angry with your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. So it all comes, and you're right, Gary, the the Christian response that Jesus would have us respond with can only occur through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
because it all comes from internal, from the mind, from the heart, so to speak. And so Jesus is saying, you know, you might tick a box saying, I haven't plunged a knife into someone, I haven't physically murdered them. But if you've been angry, if you've treated someone with contempt, you've done the equivalent. And and that's why, I mean, the scriptures talk about, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself is the gift of God. If You know, why is it that keeping the Ten Commandments are not going to save you? They're not going to save you because uh, once they are uh, once they are understood in their spiritual manner, as Christ explained them, we all become uh, people who have failed as far as the law is concerned, the, the, the literal Ten Commandments. Uh, but, you know, and to me it's a very beautiful thing that what Christ does here is he expands that law and says, hey, this is this is God's expectation of the believer. He doesn't do away with it. No, he intensifies he it. He intensifies it. No, this is an amazing little little thing here. This is the the radical Jesus making uh, incredibly uh, radical demands. A hundred percent, Gary. And and so how does Jesus, what's he telling his disciples, his followers, what's he telling us to do? To respond differently to the way in which the world responds to these things. To respond yeah. in a peaceable way. Yeah, yeah. And let's not forget, Jesus had in his group of disciples, he had a zealot. <laughs> Who were they? They were almost like Gary, my understanding, they were, they were a group that active, a guerrilla warfare, if you like, yeah. that actively yeah. fought against the Roman oppressors. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jesus was ministering to his own disciples, changing their hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, this to me is the the radical nature of Scripture. Scripture, when it is uh, when it is adopted, when the Holy Spirit comes into the heart, change takes place. But look, let's come to some some music. We're going to uh, uh, come come back uh, on chat more on this subject in just a moment. This is uh, City of Light, and uh, uh, not I. Uh, but Christ uh, lives in me. And that is, of course, exactly uh, what we're calling for. Yeah. 
that city, that city of light, uh, yet not I, but through Christ living in me. Uh, what a beautiful uh, rendition that uh, really is. Folk, we do have that giveaway book uh, for you for you today. Uh, look, this is a, a book that if you want to see your spiritual life grow, this is the book that you need. Uh, the Christian Art of War, Spiritual Lessons in the Battle Against Self. Uh, you know, it's so easy to uh, uh, to, to talk about the uh, the challenges that uh, that others perhaps have uh, have got in uh, uh, and the struggles that others may be dealing with. Uh, but this particular book is one that I would recommend to you: the Christian Art of War: Spiritual Lessons in the Battle Against Self. Uh, this is something that will enable uh, your spiritual life to to grow. Now, look, guys, if you would like your own copy of this, then all you need to do is to text us. Now, our studio text number is 04 888 80811. That's also the number if you want to send a comment through to us too. You can use that same number, 04888 And just use the code, which today is SA123. That's a nice easy one. No gap between the SA and the 123. And that'll go through to our robot. And our robot, we call him Faithful. He will uh, come back to you, ask a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible. The Christian Art of War by Ivor Miles. Uh, SA123 and it's 04888-808-11. And, uh, really appreciate those who have sent messages through, uh, so far, so far today. Uh, now you're listening to, uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. And today my co-host is Pastor David Butcher. And he's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, uh, right here in, uh, in South Oz. Uh, and this week we've taken as our theme, is the good book too violent? Uh, and today uh, we're chatting on the question, how did Christ deal with violence? And, uh, so far today, what you've, what you've done is just simply taken us through just a number of the passages in the, uh, in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. That, of course, is, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, a brilliant, uh, passage of, uh, passage of scripture. What else does Christ say? Yeah, look, uh, continuing in that same sermon, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 38. And onwards, he says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. In other words, I guess revenge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him. Also, if anyone uh, wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. This is challenging, isn't it? Oh. This is saying This that is a radical form of life. It's radical, and we read it in our culture, and we think, you know, if someone slaps you, then turn the other cheek, let him hit that one also. I mean... Well, look, at the thing at the practical realities of this, you know, I mean, someone on Facebook... Uh, or social media says something uh, that you know is derogatory to you know to, mm. to yourself you know uh, maybe they're undermining you how do you actually respond to that 
Well, well, this is what he's really challenging us with, isn't he? I mean, this is where it's so relevant for the day and age in which we're living today because we can very easily say, okay, in that day, you know, a slap across the face. These days, physical violence uh, hopefully is starting to uh, depreciate uh, somewhat mm. uh, with all the evidence that's out there. But, you know, as I look at the look at the internet, I think that the uh, violence uh, on the uh, physical violence may be getting replaced by online, online violence. And so we shouldn't have any part in it, should we? Yeah, yeah. But Jesus is really saying here, if someone takes your jumper, give him your cloak as well. Yeah. And if, if, if someone makes you walk one mile, he's talking about the Roman oppressors, the hated Roman oppressors. If yeah. a Roman soldier yeah. who um, at will at times they would execute Jewish people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he says, if someone makes you walk a mile, compels you to go a mile, go with him too. Mm. Really what Jesus is saying, we think, boy... This is this is radical. So hard we can't do, but in essence, this was a shame and honor culture. Yeah. So Jesus is not saying be a doormat. He's saying there is shame and honor involved here. If someone slaps you, let him slap you a second time because it'll make him look worse. Yeah. If someone takes not only your your jumper but they take your cloak, which is your your bedding and all your security and all that sort of thing, he is really saying, hey, they're going to be shamed if you give them your cloak. So he's not saying be a doormat. Yeah, yeah. But he's yeah. saying don't retaliate with violence. And I think that's that's really significant there, you know, as to what, because it's very easy for us to simply say, hey, look, you know, I, I'm just going to allow myself to be, to be walked over. But how I respond can be... Uh, is vitally important uh, in the uh, uh, in the Christian ethos. And then he talks about, Gary, you're 100% correct, then he talks about loving your enemies. Yeah. I mean, that's tough, right? That's tough. Yeah. But it's interesting as we look through Scripture and we see how Jesus himself responded to his teachings. Because yeah. it's one thing to say something. Yeah, yeah. But how did he follow through? And um, it's interesting, when Jesus was uh, arrested there in the garden, um you know, uh, Peter pulls out a sword. Yeah, yeah. And essentially, Jesus says, put your sword back in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Mm. So he's saying, don't retaliate with this sort of aggression, with this mm. sort of violence. Don't respond to it. Um, to the crowd that came to arrest him, Matthew 26, verses 55 and 56, he said to them, have you come out against, have you come out as against a robber? with swords and clubs to catch me. Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me, but all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. So he's really saying you didn't really need to use this violence. Mm. When he's before that mock trial and um, he's slapped in the face and all those sorts of things uh, before his crucifixion and before Pilate, when he's before Pilate, um, Jesus basically said to him, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my mm. kingdom is not of this world. Mm. So Jesus is using this radical response. That's John 18. Mm. Radical response saying when you're attacked, yeah. don't use the natural carnal nature, the, the, the natural nature without Christ to respond. Yeah. That's pretty hard, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, That's why we need the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to, to live within us and to transform us on a daily basis. Well, on another occasion, you know, I think of Christ, you know, pray for those 
who deceitfully use you. You know, you know, to me, this along with this, you know, only through the, the work of the Holy Spirit on a person's heart can change happen within the life. Uh, to me, I'm just so conscious that so often wars and battles continue because we are not praying for the other person. You know, I, I think, you know, even of uh, families where, you know, at, at Christmas time, you know, you've got, uh, you know, at war at Christmas time. And, uh, you know, they come together, they, they come together because they feel they have to come together, but, you know, that's, that's it. Uh, you know, please don't talk to me the rest of the year. And yet this, this ongoing battle may have gone back 30 years, you know, through into the days of, of childhood. And they've forgotten. And they've forgotten what the original issue actually was. And, but, at no point, you know, to, to me, I've actually said to a few people, hey, look, you know, uh, you really need to be praying for them. You know, when you start to pray for your family members, it's actually much more difficult to engage them in conflict. And and not only that, but when we don't pray for those that have hurt us, we end up being eaten. Yes. Eaten by that pain, that emotion. You talked about praying it's interesting, you know, Jesus was scourged, he was mocked, he was humiliated, he was beaten, he was spat at, he was crucified. Mm. And he prays out, crying out, praying out, if yeah. you say. Yeah. Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's praying. He's praying. Yeah. Praying yeah. for his persecutors. So I think Jesus is really saying, don't use violence mm. to to respond. Yeah. You yeah. know, you can uh, use uh, nonviolent methods passive, um, if you like, but don't use violence. But, and this is so counter And once again, this is where Christianity as a countercultural medium really does kick in. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, I've cut you off. No, 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 keep going. Yeah, because, you know, this is where, and, and we do need to finish, but tomorrow uh, we're actually going to come to this man, Desmond Doss. And uh, my my good friend Pastor Hugh Hen is going to be uh, just digging into this and uh, just going to be considering uh, that uh, that movie uh, Hacksaw Hacksaw Ridge, but more particularly the historical reality behind uh, that that movie. I mean, is that something that is just for the Desmond Dosses of, of this world? Uh, I mean, he was respond he was reacting to violence. In his era, you know, I'm conscious that we today, you know, we speak against violence and yet all that is on our media is incredibly violent. It's infiltrating us. It's infiltrating us. We've got the, uh, uh, you know, video games are based on violence. You know, they're actually training us in violence. And uh, to me, as I look at this, I say, hey, look, is the, you know, what would the Holy Spirit, you know, what would the Holy Spirit expect of us? What do the scriptures saying to us in our culture? If in fact we are going to be culture transforming Christians, then does it impact the violence that we're seeing on through the media, that the violence that we see in our video games. Yeah, you may not have punched someone up or, or been aggressive to them, but you're you're taking it in through media. Indeed, indeed. David, we do need to finish it at, at that particular uh, time. Let's just bow our heads together in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you now. Lord, I just want to say thank you for the radical way that you have shown us to live. 
Lord, I pray that indeed we might be culture-transforming Christians, not culture-adopting Christians. Lord, show us how we can do that. Lord, if there's anybody who's struggling, perhaps there's uh, there's anger, maybe there's a disharmony within a family group, Lord, I just pray that you might be with them, that you might bring healing, that you might impress uh, as to how that healing can occur. Lord, we give these matters to you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thanks so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor David on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow uh, when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan are going to be looking at us and they're going to be asking, was Desmond Doss a fanatic? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.